Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Career Catharsis. I'm your host, Neha Koram, on a mission to help everyone enjoy the work they do. From workplace wellness to career transformation, each episode I interview experts and share insight to guide your career journey. Today we'll be chatting with the founder of Get Your Next Career and present program director of the On Deck First 50 Fellowship, Anthony Nardini. Thank you, Anthony, for joining me today on the Career Catharsis Show. I yeah, I would love for our listeners to get a better sense of your background if you want to share a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. Um, most of my professional experience was at one company. Um, so I joined uh, Goldman Sachs a few weeks after my college graduation and then ended up staying for what felt like an eternity. Um, I was there for 11 years. Um, I really don't have much of a passion for financial markets. So ended up staying because of the amazing people and culture of the firm. Um, and because I wasn't sure what I actually wanted to do. Um, and then left last summer to find a path that would be more personally meaningful to me, um, specifically around how to empower others in their careers, since that was um, a big part of my last couple of roles at Goldman and something that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think that's such a common struggle for people being in a job that they don't necessarily align fully, but they stick around because they love their teammates, they love the culture, there's all these other great things. But when when you know that your calling is something else, sometimes you have to kind of just um, you know, push yourself to take that step. And um, you actually have a really interesting story. You've been up to some really exciting things, empowering others to find their dream job. And uh, I understand that you're going to be heading to on deck to lead a fellowship program. So I would love to learn a bit more about your journey, first of all, as the founder of Get Your Next Career and your recent transition to join on deck. Sure, absolutely. It has been um, an exciting career journey, but definitely some twists and turns in there. So I'm happy to give a little bit of context on some of the decision-making, if that's um, helpful uh, to your listeners. Um, I took last summer off um, after resigning from Goldman in order um, first to travel and just kind of take a break. I felt like I was on kind of an 11-year sprint and just like needed some time to like reset and relax. Um, and then when I got back, uh, I live in Los Angeles, and when I got back to LA after a couple months um, away, uh, I then kind of embarked on uh, a full-time networking process. Um, so I met, um, I don't know, probably like 150 people or so um, who all touch um, the space that I care about, which I think of as how to help people get better jobs. Um, so that's like upskilling, reskilling, um, the career services side of boot camps, um, search, placement, all um, of these different ways that people can get assistance figuring out um, how to get a job that hopefully can change their lives. Um, I, I think of it as I'm very relationship driven. And so that um, process of networking was really helpful for me to clarify what I wanted and also meet some amazing people. I think I found that the type of passion that people have for this space, like the people who work in it, um, is just amazing. And that was really energizing to me um, as I continue meeting more people. 
Um, and where that led me to was deciding to start something instead of joining somewhere, um, mostly as a process of elimination. Like I didn't find the perfect job or the perfect role or I wasn't excited about the company or what they were doing. And I was like, okay, I'll go try this myself instead. Um, and I had one kind of attempt with a co-founder that didn't work out and then decided to build something on my own um, and began um, early COVID really kind of as a reflection of what was happening in the world at the time of the tens of millions of people who were out of jobs. Um, I think of it as there were tens of thousands of recruiters. And I think the best recruiters are people who um, are high EQ, high empathy, understand what makes a good candidate, how to get somebody through a process and figure out a business need. Like there are all these amazing skill sets. Um, and so what um, Get Your Next Career was or is, um, is around how to help recruiters essentially take on a side hustle, helping individual job seekers. Um, and they do it in largely a success fee-based model so that clients pay when they actually get the job they want. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been amazing. So we have a dozen um, phenomenal coaches on the team there. Um, but for me, I hit a point late in the summer where I was like, I, I'm just not enjoying this the same way I thought I was going to. Um, and I, I was missing the like, teamwork culture of the, the part that I really loved about working at a company. Um, and around that same time, um, On Deck raised its seed round and they put out a presentation with their future vision. Um, one of the things was that they wanna be the place people come when somebody's looking for a job at an early stage startup. Um, and I was like, wait a second, like, that's what I do. Um, that's a big part of the Get Your Next Career business. And I was already in their founder fellowship. So I knew the organization well and reached out to the team, um, had a series of conversations that kind of unexpectedly resulted in me getting a job in order to lead a new fellowship program, as you mentioned, um, around um, job seekers for early stage startups. Um, so it'll be the On Deck First 50 Fellowship um, with the idea being that early employees at a company really determine if that idea that the founders have is going to be successful or not. Um, and so we're going to be a, a fellowship of um, people who are looking to be early employees. That's super exciting. Congratulations. It's Thank you. Definitely been a big year for you in terms of your career trajectory, right? So um, it takes a lot of courage to get out there and create your own opportunity. And the fact that you're able to help others really hone in on what it is that they want to do and land a job super empowering super impactful and as someone that's worked on the get your next career team i can vouch for the model and um, working with you as well has been really awesome super thankful to have met you um Thanks. i would Thanks, love Anna. yeah <laughs> i would i would love for our audience to also learn a little bit more about the types of clients so of course we're working with job seekers in this space, but if you could kind of highlight some profiles um, that you think are most relevant um, to either the get your next career model and the follow the fellowship rather. Yep. Yeah. Um, in get your next career, we work with a range of job seekers. Um, and I would say the majority of our clients are people trying to leave consulting and finance and move into tech and startups. Um, perhaps um, a bit of reflection on my own background of making um, a transition like that. Um, so clients all over, but um, kind of that is one of the big profiles. Um, we're at the moment um, not taking active uh, additional clients in that business, um, but in on deck as we're launching this new fellowship, the, we really have two profiles of people who um, make sense for the fellowship program. Um, the first are people who already work in startups and um, 
could go just get a job, perhaps at um, another startup that their friend works at, um, or it's easy for them to get introductions to. Um, but that group of people, um, what we're finding in the market is that they want to be intentional about their next step and actually figuring out what they want in their career. And um, so our fellowship is a community for them to be able to do that. So it's focused on self-reflection, navigating the ecosystem, figuring out what somebody actually wants. Um, and then the second profile would be people trying to break into startups. So people who are in consulting or finance or big companies or academia and are um, thinking about how do they actually get um, into the startup ecosystem. And so for them, it's um, more about telling your story and it's about understanding what can you do with the skill sets you have and how do they map into the startup space. Um, so those are really the two profiles, all people who are already in the startup ecosystem and wanna be intentional about a next step or people who are trying to pivot into startups. Right, so people who are trying to break into those early stage startups. And I like that distinction where you kind of called out people who are already in the space and people who are looking to break into it. I think um, there might be you know, a bit of um, a different narrative each of those profiles want to spin, but it's good to know that the fellowship would provide opportunities for, for all those people to kind of um, lean on each other, learn from each other, and be empowered uh, with that next step. So I'm curious to know, what would you say is the number one complaint or challenge that these identified profiles face in their job search? Totally. Um, the, the first thing that comes to mind as far as complaint um, is that it's easy. They think, they, people think it's going to be easy to find a job. Mm -hmm. um, if if you're a high skill individual, right, you've had career success doing something, um, it is, everyone assumes that it's just gonna be straightforward. Like, oh yeah, I can go to the job. Um, I think there are a couple of things that um, make that the biggest challenge and how to kind of combat it. Um, I think um, in this environment right now, there are just fewer jobs. Now for high skill individuals, oftentimes, most of the time, people can get a job. Right. So like if you are skilled at something, you likely can go to another company that's doing well in that space. If the overall space is doing well and you can get a job, it's really hard to find the job, like the job you actually want and is like the next step in your career. Um, it takes a lot of self-reflection, ability to articulate um, kind of what you want during, during conversations with people um, and intentional work. Um, and so I think that the biggest complaint people have is that they think it's going to be easier than it actually is and that it takes, it just takes a lot of time. Um, I guess the other piece of that that I've definitely observed with clients is that um, storytelling is such a big component of the job search. Um, everybody um, starts with this idea of like, oh, I tell my story all the time. I know my background. Um, I've lived it, um, of course. But I think the, um, the difference in the job search is that you have to get somebody who you don't know excited about you in a couple of minutes. And they need to understand you and your motivations um, and what you can do for them um, if, you, if they were to introduce you to somebody else or at, to work at their company. And that's, that's really hard to do. And it takes practice and it takes work. Um, and uh, I think what we see is that the difference between like an early raw cut of how does some, a job seeker tell their story versus like after they've intentionally practiced um, over the course of a few weeks and in certain conversations with um, individuals in their network, they can refine that and then sounds so much better, such that when they go into a real conversation with somebody, they're awesome and like, and people understand who they are and are more likely to help them going forward. So 
that was a little bit meandering, but those are kind of some of the biggest things that I think about. No, I, I love that storytelling is huge, right? And a lot of people might not be familiar with the term or what that actually means. And um, a lot of the times we hear about selling yourself in the interview process, but um, really what we're trying to say here is storytelling, right? Um, and being really intentional about um, the parts of your profile that you're sharing with, um, with your target audience to land that role that you are most excited about. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I also find that job seekers will struggle to land a job on their own, as you mentioned. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what kinds of support that they may want to lean on, right? Rather than trying to do everything on their own. Definitely. I think that there are a ton of amazing resources um, that you can find online um, that are about every aspect of the job search, right? It's just like, um, uh, it's just like if you're trying to work out, right? Or you're trying to lose weight or become healthier, you, you can find tons of resources um, that show you how to do something or how other people have done it. Um, the thing that I've observed most with job seekers is that it is such a demoralizing process. Like there's a lot of rejection um, and heartache that happens in most people's job search. It's so normal, but it feels really bad. Um, and oftentimes um, a job seeker will have someone in their, in their life who they talk to. Maybe that's a significant other, or maybe that's a parent of close friend, um, somebody. But then after some period of time, be that a month, several months of job searching, when it's not working out, even that person who's very close to them is like, okay, we just need a job, right? We need to, we need to get something. Um, and so I think that the, what I've observed is kind of the best way to um, get somebody through a job search and have it not feel as bad is by them having somebody on their side throughout the journey. Um, and I think community is a big piece of it. So I think coaching is super important and I, I, I'm obviously a big believer in that. Um, it's also um, fairly expensive to have like a one-on-one -on -one coach. Um, but I think it's important that people identify a community of people who can help them through that journey. Ideally, people who are also going through it on their own um, because it's a huge part of just making it not feel as bad especially when each day you're getting a rejection notice. Um, talked to uh, somebody recently who said that she got, uh, she had applied to a job, done a custom cover letter, tweaked her resume for it and things like that. And then um, hit apply. And then less than a minute later, got an auto rejection email that was like, oh, thanks so much for applying. We've carefully considered your application, but you're not the right fit at this time. Less than a minute after she had applied. Obviously nobody had read her resume and she was pushed out um, by the applicant tracking system filter um, because maybe her background wasn't the perfect fit for that job. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe the company forgot to set a delay trigger on when they reject candidates after a certain period of time or something like that. But like after something like that, if something occurs like that after several times, it's, it hurts, right? It's hard. Um, and so I think having people to go through the journey with is useful. Um, online resources um, can be very helpful but there's no substitute for like having somebody there with you to go through the journey. For sure, I think job searching in general is emotionally taxing and having community, having a coach, having someone that you trust to guide you through this process. And you know, in some cases there's programs where they hold your hand through it, right? So that can be really helpful. So I think people also need to be really honest about what what type of support they need, whether they're looking for an accountability partner, whether they 
really need someone to do that hand holding or you know if they're looking for a bit more high level strategy or what it is that um, they're looking for and then kind of going out there and uh, vetting their options right absolutely totally agree yeah so i'm really curious to know what keeps you motivated i i would say the first thing that comes to mind is impact um i think i spent a long time in my career as i think of it as like a cog in a giant profit generating engine um, and it was amazingly formative for me, like developing skill sets that will be helpful for my career. Um, and I enjoyed lots of the days in that job, but it was not for me meaningful work. And so when I think about this chapter of my career and hopefully the rest of my career, um, it's really focused on how can I have the biggest impact on other people's lives. Um, so I think about impact kind of in a group way as well as individually. And like, it's important to me to be able to see the direct outcome that like I and my work are having on other people's lives. And the part of people's lives that I care about is their job. Um, and so that for me is a key motivating factor. Whereas I would have said maybe earlier in my career, um, kind of skill set development or learning would have been super important. I would say now I'm very focused on kind of impact and how I can make a difference. All right, it's interesting to see how throughout one's career journey, you're going to find different motivators. And right now, impact is a big one for you. It's exciting. Yes, it is, it is exciting. Yeah, to be able to have that kind of impact as well. So um, really excited for your next step in helping um, job seekers land a new role with the early stage startups. Um, but kind of just going back to your career journey, I'd also like to know a highlight of your career, if there's any moment in time that you can recall that stands out and is memorable. Mm -hmm. As opposed to a specific moment, I think there's probably a chapter um, for me. Um, I spent a few years uh, living in London and in a job that was um, kind of investing in our, uh, our companies, Goldman Sachs's, um, early salespeople, so kind of our, our post-MBA sales force across Europe and Asia in my business, which was private wealth management. And that was um, a new role that I kind of essentially pitched and then, and because there was a business need to um, kind of increase our success rates um, outside of the US of our, our salespeople kind of um, developing their businesses and um, was really kind of fortunate to then spend a couple of years being able to partner with each of our salespeople um, in Europe and Asia on how do we help as an organization to invest in them so that they can grow their businesses. And that was um, for me, um, probably the moment where I realized that like work can have an impact in a, in a meaningful way. Um, and then it took me a few years after that to like actually figure out that I was going to find that meaning somewhere else. Um, but it was the first job that was kind of I was able to see that more clearly. Um, and it was partly strategy around how do we design better, uh, better programs. And then it was individual sales coaching um, with each of, our, um, each of our people. And so that was uh, just an amazing chapter. Um, it was also a fun period of life. Um, my husband and I um, had been living in New York. We wanted to move abroad um, and got to spend a few years living in Europe. Um, I traveled a lot in Asia for work. And so it was just kind of a, a great period of life and career. And so that, would, that comes out to me as like a highlight, definitely. 
Wow. So that, that was sort of an aha moment for you in terms of that impact you were talking about being a big motivator. And then obviously the travel sounds so exciting too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if there's one tip that you have for people that are on the fence about leaving their role, given the current situation with COVID, I think people are a bit hesitant to leave their jobs. What would your advice be for those people who are a little bit on the fence about leaving their job? I think intention is really important in the job search. And a lot of people feel like they need to be broad in order to find a job, right? They, they want to, um, they wanted to paint a picture of what they can do and what they want to do that is um, pretty expansive because they're nervous about if they go too narrow and describe what they want too narrowly to somebody that they're gonna get counted out of an opportunity that maybe they would have seen if they had just been broader. And I think that that um, causes a lot of issues um, for the, in, those individuals in the job search. Um, it, you never know who knows someone and how a relationship may, might evolve. And if you can articulate more clearly what you're looking for as a job seeker, you're more likely to find that the person you're speaking to is like, oh, you should talk to this person, or I think you could be a fit for this role. Um, and so in my experience working with job seekers, being more descriptive actually increases the surface area of your luck around the job search. You never know where the opportunity is gonna come from, but you wanna make sure that when somebody uh, when somebody is looking for an amazing person to do XYZ, they think of you. And um, as opposed to just like when they think of a nice person or a great person, they think of you because you're not differentiated if it's just like you are happen to be a great person. You're differentiated when it's like, I want XYZ. Mm -hmm. So when somebody's evaluating leaving their job, I think it's important to figure out what you actually want in the search by having conversations with people, because then you can articulate it better as you go along the process. Um, and so before somebody takes the leap, I generally recommend starting a networking process, like night and weekend networking process. It's also a lot easier now that everyone works from home um, or in the white collar workforce, everyone works from home. And so kind of take some calls and get to know people in the spaces you want. And then when you're ready to leave, already start um, kind of envisioning this is what I want out of this job search because it'll make the, um, if you've done the hard work up front to figure that out, you'll reduce the time to actually getting what you want, um, even though it will be challenging and hard. This is a, it is a really yeah, um, challenging environment for job seekers right now. Right, so the first step for these individuals really is to get clear about their objective and then to practice a bit of that networking and articulate that objective and see where that goes and what that process looks like before taking that big leap. Okay. Yes, definitely. And do you have any general advice for job seekers? Yeah, so I, I'm spending a lot of time right now with um, people who are looking for jobs at early stage startups. So um, kind of the first 50 employees, let's say somewhere. Um, and I think the important thing to remember for anybody who's interested in joining an earlier stage company is that role descriptions are not always fully formed. Mm -hmm. um, you increase your likelihood of getting a job if you help the team to actually scope the role. 
right? Especially if you can scope it in the direction of the things you're good at and the things that you want. And so said more specifically, um, if you're, if you've met with a team and you've had one or two like great conversations with, um, with people, especially if they're a hiring manager or could be a decision maker at that company, um, take ownership, like suggest that you'll put together an overview of what you do in the job, right? Of here's what they should think about. Um, or maybe it is, um, when you're talking to teammates um, who are future potential teammates, um, ask them what they need help with, right? And then include that in your proposal that you're going to make of like, here's the value I can deliver to this company. And here's the revenue I'll be able to generate with a role, or here's the cost savings that we might have, or here's how I'll make the rest of the team more efficient to drive the business forward, right? Like, remember that the founders and the early team are going to be thinking about is this person essential and what are they going to do? And so if you can help them just scope that around what you're good at, um, it increases your likelihood that you're going to be the person who they hire. Um, and you're going to be in a job that you're more excited about as well, right? Like you've, you've helped to scope it. And so I think that that is different for a big company um, mm -hmm. where it, the process might be a little bit more formulated or they have a more clear job description, but especially for early stage companies help, decide what the job should be and um, you increase your likelihood of getting it. Right. No, that's excellent advice. And I guess really what I'm hearing is be, be as targeted as possible, whether it's a small company or a large company identifying the different interview process there, but then also with that storytelling piece, really knowing your strengths, your talents and what you bring to the table and being able to articulate that or getting the interviewer to imagine what problems you could solve for them. Absolutely, yes. Excellent. Okay, so any last thoughts before we wrap up? I think it's good for people to remember, and especially people who might be unhappy in their current jobs, to remember that you can find a job you're excited about. Like it, it takes hard work and time and lots of effort and some like, um, some sadness as part of the process and it can be demoralizing. Um, but I think if you keep as your kind of North star, this idea that it, you can make a difference doing whatever it is you like to do. I think it, it's just critical to keep that in mind. Um, that like, you don't have to be unhappy at a job. You can find a job and people who you want to spend your time with and contributes positively to the, whatever area you care about. Um, and I remember like, for me and for a lot of my old colleagues, like when you talk about um, kind of happiness at work, it was kind of like happiness with some of the people or some aspects of the culture or the compensation. Rarely was it like, I'm happy about this job. Um, and I think that having now spent so much time with people who actually care about their jobs in a meaningful way and they feel like they're making a difference, um, I would just encourage people to realize that it is possible um, and with hard work. For sure, it is possible and it is important to love what we do and make an impact with whatever our skills and talents are. So thank you for that great reminder and for sharing all of your insights. Thanks again, Anthony. Thanks Neha, this was awesome. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Career Catharsis with Anthony Nardini, Program Director of the On Deck First 50 Fellowship. You can find more information on joining the fellowship in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to Career Catharsis on your favorite podcast platform to stay up to date on new episodes and workplace insights. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.